What's up, guys? This is PC, and this is your backstage pass to the Green Room Podcast Series. What's up, guys? Hey, this is PC. You're listening to the Green Room Podcast Series. Our guest today, rock star educator from Independence High School in Virginia, Josh Moser. He is the science department chair and the PBIS coordinator there at Independence High School. Had the opportunity to meet him. It's been a few years back. He was actually at a different school. Um, and, and then he switched over to Independence High School for some different opportunities and stuff there. But super, super excited to have Josh with us here today. Josh, how you doing, buddy? Doing great, PC. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you. For sure, man. And so just kind of share your story of education. Um, how long have you been doing it? What are the different roles that you've had? How did you know that you wanted to get into education? Well, this is, um, this is actually my 23rd year of teaching. Um, I, was a, uh, I was a college baseball player, much like yourself. Um, I, I, I played baseball at Mary Washington College in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Um, and I was um, I was an environmental science major um, and I had plans to, you know, go into probably like environmental policy making or, you know, just kind of trying to trying to change the world that way. Um, and through my play, my days of playing baseball, um, I got kind of, quote unquote, recruited to um, to to take a job at a summer camp, which was a residential sports camp for boys up in Naples, Maine. Um, interviewed, got the job up there, and started working with kids between the ages of seven and sixteen, and just really, really loved it. You know, it was, it was, it, it felt like that at that point it was my calling to to work with kids, um, which really shouldn't surprise me because I come from a teaching family. Um, my grandfather was uh, superintendent superintendent of schools in um, like the Vineland, New Jersey area. Um, my dad, uh, was an art teacher for a little while. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things that's kind of in my blood, but, um, so I got this new, you know, kind of desire to be a teacher. Um, I finished up at Mary Washington college in December of 1996, and I was able to land a job at, uh, St. Thomas More school in Connecticut. Um, it's a boarding school for, for, uh, for boys. Um, and I was in a classroom three weeks after I finished my last class at Mary Washington teaching high school biology and environmental science. And I oh, wound wow. up uh, coaching basketball and baseball there. And, and I was there for three years and um, went back to Mary Washington to coach baseball for a year. Um, but then, uh, you know, have been in three different schools since then. I was at a small private school out near Winchester, Virginia. It was a K through eight private school. So I taught two years of fifth grade and then um, moved up into teaching middle school science and then took a job at Briar Woods High School here in Loudoun County, Virginia, um, and was there for 14 years, opened up that school, um, eventually became the science department chair there, and then eventually was the coordinator for, for PBIS. And PBIS is the, the system of um, positive behavioral interventions and supports. Um, so I did that. And then the opportunity arose to, uh, to open up Independence High School this year. Um, and it's really a great opportunity because uh, my daughter's going to wind up uh, going to Independence and, and graduating from Independence in the year 2026. So, um, so yeah, so it's, it's kind of been a, a long road, not necessarily too winding, um, but, uh, but yeah, that's how, that's how I got into it. And uh, 23 years later, it's hard to, hard to believe. It just flies by sometimes, you know, like you look back and you're like, man, has it really been, you know, 23 years? And that, I know. that's so cool. And so let's talk about the opportunity to open a brand new school. What have been some of the challenges that have gone along with that process? Um, 
it's funny because this is the second high school that I've opened um, in, in Loudoun County. The first time when we opened up Briarwoods High School back in 2005, um, I was just kind of part of just part of the teaching staff. You know, I, I was my first it was really my first job in the public school setting um, because I had taught for eight years in, uh, in private schools. Um, so it was it was just kind of getting my feet wet. Then um, we were in a really unique situation. Because when we opened up that school, obviously there was some overcrowding going on at, uh, at the school where kids were coming from. And at that point, it was almost like kids didn't really want to leave that old school. So it was almost like they kind of, I don't know, they kind of came, I don't want to say they came kicking and screaming, but there, there wasn't that initial sense of, you know, uh, 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 we've, we've been doing this building of a community before we're opening. Um, and, uh, you know, you think about 2005, social media presence that really wasn't around um so you know it took a while for us to build our school community at briar woods um f fast forward to you know this past year with our very first year at independence um our administration and our our just our our instructional leadership team we've we've really kind of done our due diligence to really build excitement um and and we did that by meeting the kids where they are so uh, my principal, John Gabriel, is a guy who has been on Instagram and, you know, Facebook and Twitter and really reaching out and engaging the kids to build up that sense of, hey, this is Indie Nation and you're a part of this and, and this is going to be like unlike anything you've ever had. So when we started on day one, the, the, the excitement about being a part of this new school community was already there. Um, and I really feel like we've done a fantastic job of really kind of opening up our arms to every single kid to say, hey, you have a part in our school community and we're happy that you're here and we want to show you that we care about you and we want to kind of foster not only your, your learning throughout your time with us, but just that sense of community. I mean, it's, it's, it's so funny because, you know, it, when, you, when you open up a brand new school, you know, you usually have that kind of like excitement of, hey, this is a brand new place. Look at this awesome building. Look at our campus, whatever. And then it's just kind of like within the within the first two months, it's kind of like, OK, now we're just kind of in the business of school. And it's just kind of we work through um, the day by day. Um, our new car smell hasn't worn off yet. Um, it, it, it's truly it's truly uh, unlike anything I've ever seen with regard to a school community. Everyone is so invested and so excited to be a part of Indy Nation. And I just feel like it's it's because um, our admin and our instructional leadership team and all of our staff, and we've, we've really done a great job of kind of being human beings and showing the kids how much we care about them and their growth. Um, so it's a, it's exciting. I'm, I'm really excited for my daughter to be a part of it. She's in sixth grade. So, you know, the, the freshmen that I teach right now are gonna be seniors when she when she's a freshman you know so uh so it's going to be really cool that's awesome man and so for your kids that are coming to school there was it i know school every district does this a little bit different was it just freshmen and sophomores that had to come or anybody that was zoned there regardless of grade level had to come to independent so yeah the way that we open up we don't open up with a senior class um so seniors who uh who are in our attendance zone but are in the other high school that they're coming from um they will stay at their high school to graduate from there um, juniors have the option of whether or not they want to come to independence um, or stay at their other school. Uh, freshmen and sophomores, if they're in our attendance zone, they're coming to us. Gotcha. 
Gotcha. And so you were talking about these connections in the school spirit, and that all goes back to the relationships. And you were talking about teachers being real people. And I just think that's so important. Talk about some of the things that you do personally and some of the things that maybe some of your other educators and administrators do on your campus to help to foster those relationships. Okay. Um, well, one of the, 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 the main mantra for us is um, students don't care about what you know until they know that you care. And that has been the things that we've been, that, that we've, we've all embraced as educators at Independence. Um, we want to be able to, first and foremost, craft relationships with kids. Um, so even the, the little things of, you know, the very first, very first day of school, um, you know, traditionally it's always been, hey, everybody's so, you know, kids are so excited to be there on the very first day of school. And the last thing that you want for them to do is go home and when they're asked, what did you do today? They say nothing. Yeah. You know, um, so it's engaging kids in, you know, getting to know them. You know, like I have this this kind of really cool, um, like, get to know me sheet. And it's not just a list of questions. It's like kind of this like graphic organizer infographic. So it's kind of, in, I guess, kind of engaging and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I, I, I ask them about, you know, are you on social media? Are you on Instagram? I'd love to follow you. Um, here's my Instagram thing. Here's my Twitter. Um, you know, I ask them about, uh, you know, what is, uh, if you could think about like a top playlist that you would listen to or what kind of what style of music do you like? Because me, I mean, I'm the kind of teacher where I don't like to stand up in front of teeth in, in front of classes and talk at my class for 90 minutes. Yeah, I could never stay. I can never stand that as a student. And I'm certainly not going to be that as a teacher. So usually I'm like, hey, 10 to 15 minutes of me, then it's going to be like 20, 25 minutes of you doing some independent or some group work, stuff like that, where I'm circulating around and music is always playing in my classroom. Love it. So I, I always like to be able to say, all right, I want to go back to those get to know me pages and be like, all right, today's playlist while we're working towards the end of class is, is you know, Carlton's coming up with, with what we're listening to today, you know, and I'll go back to that, that get to know me page and I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll cue that up on Spotify and put it over, put it over the, uh, over the speakers in my classroom, you know, so it's, it's those little individual things, you know, it's, it's one of the things that I've learned over the years is that the more vulnerable and human I can be yep. and share, actually share my experiences um, then the more willing students are to kind of, you know, trust me and seek me out for things that maybe they're going through or um, just come and seek me out just for advice or help or just know that they're going to have a, a, a listening ear with me that's going to be somebody who's not going to judge them, you know. Um, so so that's really been it. It's, it's, it's little things like that, PC. It's, it's like it's just the, the, the things that you can do to show interest in a kid um, and then somehow be able to make a connection with that kid so that you almost share a common experience or a common interest. Makes perfect sense, my guy. Let's talk about PBIS for a second. And so for, I think we've all heard the term, um, but for somebody who isn't familiar with exactly how it works and, you know, how do you implement that? What does it look like on your campus? Share some stories about that. Okay. Um, PBIS is, is something that's actually very different for all three levels of education. You know, um, it go, goes from almost being, uh, kind of a reward type system in the elementary and middle school grades into almost branding recognition um, at the high school level. Um, so with regard to, to what we do at the high school level is, is we try to recognize kids for all of the good things that they're doing 
And the sense of the, the, the whole purpose of PBIS is basically you recognize the positive stuff um, in kids so that you're hoping that other people who see that recognition want to go ahead and be recognized for the good stuff that they're doing as well. So it's like saying, hey, you know, PC, I love the way that you did this and I'm going to recognize you for it however I wind up doing it, whether it's in my classroom, you know, I'll have like, I have like little, I have like little award things that I give out. There's like a plus attitude award and I write a personal little note on the back of it and I'll give it to a kid or, or helping hand award or, um, you know, just like rock star award because you were, you were this awesome helper for a kid or, or whatever to, to where we recognize kids um, publicly. It, it, we have a, at Independence High School, we, we came up with, um, so the, the whole purpose of PBIS is to, you know, you come up with a school specific thing where it's like something really, really short that embodies what you're trying to have um, as kind of like the backbone of behavior in your in your school. For us, we're the Independence Tigers. So we came up with this uh, this mantra of show your stripes, IHS for Independence High School. But for IHS, we actually said impact, honor and strength. So what we can then do is we can talk to our kids. Um, about, well, what does it mean to make an impact on your school? What does it mean to make an impact on your community? What does it mean to make an impact on your classmate or on your family member? Um, what does it mean to have honor? You know, what kinds of things can you do to, to be honorable um, with regard to, you know, your academics, with regard to your relationships, with regard to your behavior? Um, what exactly does strength mean? Is it strength of character, strength of conviction? So it's it, it kind of leaves it wide open for us to be able to really kind of kind of teach kids how to be great human beings um, and then recognize them when they when they actually do you know great things um, every quarter at independence we actually have um, a nominating process to where each department nominates a number of kids um, for the show your stripes award so we do a quarterly award where kids get a certificate and they get a pin and um, you know they we have this ceremony where parents are invited other classmates are invited to where you know we publicly recognize kids for the really great things that they've done and then what we do is we actually get pictures of them and we put those pictures outside of our guidance office um, on a big wall in the hallway and this is like you know the people who have earned uh, the stripes awards for 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 this year yeah um, so so really what it is is you know to to kind of <laughs> come come back around toward what is pbis it's just a way of being able to recognize kids for all of the good things that they're doing yep and it's and it's almost like you know it, it, it's not a obviously it's not a punitive thing um you're not you're not publicly you know doling out consequences for bad stuff you're trying to avoid or kind of dissuade from you know non-positive behavior by recognizing and, and lifting up those who are uh, participating in, in positive behavior. Gotcha. And so do you guys, is there like an advisory period? Like how do you teach those lessons that you want to get across to your kiddos? We have a, we have a weekly advisory period called Tiger Time. So we meet, uh, we meet once a week um, uh, in the middle of the week on Wednesday between the first two blocks of the day. And, um, and we have uh, grade specific um, classes. So right now my Tiger Time kids are ninth graders. And the plan is for me to actually stay with those ninth grade kids from their ninth grade year all the way through graduation. So we really get a chance of, you know, becoming that 
known adult. You know, in, in education, you, you, you always hear about, hey, we want to make sure that every single kid has at least one trusted adult that they feel like they could go to to talk about things in their in their classroom or in their school. So um, so we're trying to foster those relationships. And what we do throughout that advisory period is is we'll do things that are you know, that are grounded in like the, uh, the, the program of sources of strength. We'll talk about, you know, positive friends. We'll talk about, um, you know, ways to kind of ways to work around conflict. Um, things that we also talk about is just, uh, and, and I mean, it could be anything from um, designing a lesson for ninth graders to, to really focus on how exactly do you go about um, creating good study skills for your whole high school career. So it's it's all of those things, not only from a behavior standpoint, not only from a character standpoint, um, we do address social emotional learning in that, um, you know, but we also do it, address things that are that are relevant for for what they're doing academically as well. Um, we use that time period to we also vote for like SCA elections. We do that for pep rallies. We'll go during our tiger time. Um, so uh, so it's actually worked out really well. And I'm actually really excited about the opportunity to be able to continue on with the group of kids that I have yeah. um, through their four years of high school, um, which I, which I think is going to be really, really cool. I think we got some, we may have some things in the works to where maybe uh, instead of like the senior class sponsors leading all the kids out for graduation, like maybe I'm the one leading out my advisory section. So I'm like walking with them, you know, and like, Go into the sides where all the teachers, you know, wind up sitting during graduation ceremonies. Yeah. So, oh, um, that's awesome. Very. I love yeah, that. Idea. So, yeah. That's super. Yeah. Cool. It's 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 nice thing about not having a senior class your very first year is you have a little bit of time to sure. be able to create some of those things. So yeah. so I'm not I'm not exactly sure what's in the works, but I think that'd be pretty cool. That would be. I, I love that that idea. It sounds just absolutely awesome, man. And so then, as the coordinator of PBIS, are you then in charge of those weekly that Tiger Time of what's going to happen during each Tiger Time? Um, at Briar Woods, before I came to Independence High School, um, I was very heavily involved in the creation of those lessons. Um, but our our counseling staff and um, our our mental health staff ha has been phenomenal in terms of being able to schedule everything out. So I'm more I'm more of a contributor, you know, to to that rather than the person who is actually overseeing it. The really cool thing is is at both schools that I was in this role. Um, we've actually gotten students involved in it too. So we actually have a student advisory planning team that uh, that kind of works with other kids throughout our entire county um, to be able to to develop these kinds of of advisory lessons. So it's really not just like you know somebody like me who's 46 years old and has been teaching for 23 years. You know I feel like I have a pretty good sense of what's going on in yeah. the student community, but kids know more about what they feel like they might need than I probably feel about what you know. <laughs> Sure. in terms of what I think they might need. Um, so to be able to have those kids um, kind of have a voice into where we might need to go um, with, uh, with with our advisory lessons is is a really, really good thing. No doubt. That student ownership, that student voice, yeah, you can't overemphasize that enough. So yep. that takes care of your kiddos pretty well. Let's talk about the adults on your campus and what are some things that you guys do for in terms of staff morale and keeping everybody, you know, in, in a, with that positive mojo going on your campus? Um, you know, uh, it, it, it's really, really cool because I've kind of realized all the people that we have in our building, they're all so positive. I mean, they're truly like from day one when we first walked into our brand new building and just being able to foster conversations with one another. Um, it has really been um, 
it's been it's been great pc it's like we all came to this place where we saw what was happening with regard to the building of our community and all of us were just ready and just willing to say all right here's this amazing positive place i'm going to continue to to be this you know try to be amazing and positive not only with the kids with the stakeholders and the community but also with my with my colleagues and um, I, I'm kind of an outgoing person anyway, you know, like for me, um, I'm, I'm like that guy in the faculty meeting who I always sit in a different place with different people every single time. Okay. You know, it's, it's, I, I try to, I try to, to, to learn the first names of, of everybody who works in the building within the first, you know, within the first couple of months that I'm, that I'm there, um, try to find that personal connection. And it's just, it, it, it's unlike anything I've ever been a part of, not to say that I haven't been a part of, of positive uh, schools before, but it's just like everyone is just so amped to be there um, and have really have really bought in and believe in the things that uh, that our administration is really trying to do to build this community. You know, it's a place for for kids to be, um, you know, cared about, you know, and really that's the first priority for us one of the things we always ask people when we're when we're interviewing them is like talk about how you go about making relationships with kids before we even get into talking about tell me what you know about biology how do you yep. go about teaching biology you know it's about how do you go about fostering relationships with kids um and that's the main thing you know and and that's what's and that's what's really been so hard about this this time um you know i haven't gosh i haven't seen in person any of my kids since March 11th, yeah, you know, and, and that's like three weeks ago. And it's just been, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. You know, it's, it's like, I'm, I'm looking for that. You know, I, I crave that feedback from them. Sure. I crave that interaction. You know, some of the, some of the thing, and uh, that's kind of like, that's kind of, kind of what's inspired me to, uh, to, to kind of talk, talk from my heart every Monday. Yeah. I've started this, I've started this thing where I'm posting videos on Facebook and Instagram um, with Mondays with Moser, you know, so it's like, I just, I, I, I take some inspiration from a couple of people, you know, like two weeks ago, um, I, I, I used, I used you and my buddy Chaz, who's the chaplain at the University of Pennsylvania um, to kind of just kind of talk about, you know, where we were all feeling and, and, uh, try to maintain some positivity and give a little bit of inspiration to kids. Let this week, um, I kind of, I, I, I kind of drew some in for inspiration from Mike Smith and um, trying to think about what I'm going to put out there next week. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so. yeah. So let's keep going down that road with this, you know, uncharted waters. Obviously, um, I was talking with a principal yesterday, and this is one of those situations where you know this isn't in one of the books that that we study in our college classes when we're getting certified to become educators. You know, there's not a blueprint for what we're going through right now. You talked about doing the Mondays with Moser on Facebook and on Instagram. What are some other things that your school and or you are doing to help to maintain those relationships during this crazy time, man? So everything we're doing right now is through is through Google Classroom and Google Classroom has a, this this great functionality of I, I ask a question each day. Um, and so far, none of my questions have really been about science. <laughs> uh, my questions have been about, hey, what's what's on repeat for you right now? What are you listening to? Today's question was, uh, uh, what are things that you're doing to um, to maintain uh, or engage your creative side? 
you know, like for me, I've actually started to play the guitar again. I hadn't played in like two years and it's a very, it's actually kind of frustrating because I don't, I'm not playing as well as I used to play, but it's something that uh, I'm, I'm, I'm creating, you know, I'm, I'm creating music. Um, I, I, I live vicariously through my daughter because she's a, she's a theater and art kid. You know, so she's up there painting and drawing and and she was in a, a virtual Zoom rehearsal uh, for uh, uh, she's doing a production of Into the Woods um, this summer. So it's like she was on a virtual rehearsal with her castmates, you know, so it's like those kinds of things. Um, but it's just engaging students. I, I, I use um, there's a number of education tools that I use. Like uh, the other day I used Flipgrid for the first time. Yep which was a way for for kids to make a short little video. And that was uh, them answering the question, hey, what are you listening to right right now? And, you know, maybe if it's if it's school appropriate, go ahead and have it playing in the background while you're talking about what you're listening to right now. You know? Right. So, um, so it, it's it's just one of those things. And, and, and just the number of times where any any time a kid um, answers one of my questions or sends me an email, um, I don't let that stuff sit, you know, it's like I, I continue to check back and forth to see, okay, are there people answering this question? All right, cool. I want to go ahead and I want to engage and answer them right away. Yeah. Um, just to let them know that, uh, I am, I'm tuned in and really truly interested in how you're going about, um, kind of dealing with this time, you yep. know, and, 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 like I said, a couple of weeks ago, and, and this kind of, this came from my buddy Chaz's book. You know, this this time that we're in right now, it, it truly is like a, a riptide in a roaring river, you know, or a riptide when we're on the beach and we're just kind of getting pulled out. And we just got to, you know, swim diagonally across it to get out of it and just kind of keep your eyes on the shore and everything will be OK. Yeah. Um, and I just try to make myself available and accessible and, and you know, human and vulnerable because we're all dealing with the same stuff. It's just you and I have the life experience to where we can maybe deal with a little bit better than a, than a 15, 16 or 17 year old kid. Sure. No doubt, man. And so along those lines and educators are saying the same thing, educators and students, a lot of them are really struggling with the balance and, you know, the, the work life balance, the school life balance and the structure. I think that's the biggest thing is that, you know, as kids, they come to school and they know I go to first block, second block, then I go to lunch and then I go to third block, fourth block, and then I go to extracurriculars or sports or whatever it is they have going on. What advice do you have for educators to be able to maintain a sense of normalcy right now? Man, that's a great question. You got to do you got to be able to do stuff for you and your family. Um, You know, I've I've gotten myself into the into the habit now of um, doing things for for me physically. So I make sure I'm working out every day. I'm, I'm fortunate enough. I've got a Peloton bike. I absolutely love just getting on my bike and kind of disappearing inside the music and and the sweat for, uh, you know, an hour. Um, and then, you know, I've got I've got my lovely wife and I've got my daughter and we you know, we've, we've gotten to the point now. It's it's been awesome because we've actually been eating together as a family um, more than we really ever have yep. uh, within the past couple of years, you know, because we all have, you know, we all have these schedules. You know, my wife is a former educator um, who's now a real estate agent and, you know, she's got things that she's got to be taken care of. Me, I'm, at, you know, at school and I also do, I also do math tutoring. So I'm usually helping kids out in the evening. Um, my daughter, Emma, you know, like I said before, she's a theater kid, music, vocal lessons, dance, stuff like that. So we're usually kind of getting her from one place to the next to the next. And it's really given us an opportunity to just kind of slow down 
um, and and be together as a family. So we're eating dinner together as a family like every night, um, which was difficult before because of all of our schedules. And then we're actually sitting down and watching a movie together every single night, you know? So it's like being able to find the balance of being able to um, to kind of fill each and every one of your buckets, you know? And that's one of the things I always talk to my kids about. It's like, you gotta find things that fill your bucket, things that give you joy, things that you're passionate about. Um, or, you know, if filling your, if, filling your bucket is trying new things, go ahead and try new things. Yeah. Um, I would definitely say for, for educators, you know, it's, it, it's been a difficult couple of weeks because like you said before, you never really know um, how much you need the day-to-day interaction of 25 to 30 kids inside of a classroom yep. you know, for, for 90 minute stretches. You know, there'll be some days where you come home as an educator, you're just like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe the day that I just had. Right. You know, but I, I would, I would, I crave one of those days right now, you know, yep. where, where, you know, you, you, you think back to um, all of the things that, you know, quote unquote went wrong during the day. Um, I would love one of those days right now to where I'm actually in the classroom um, laughing and engaging with my kids and, and laughing and, and enjoying the company of my colleagues and, um, you know, being able to say, all right, after school today, I don't really have anything. I'm going to go to the baseball game, you yep. know, because I want to go and see, see kids in, um, in, in, in another sense outside of the classroom, you know, like, um, March is usually a, a great time for me because there's a couple of field trips that I always go on with, uh, with some of our kids. So at the beginning of the month, we were down in Virginia Beach, Virginia, for the state DECA conference. Okay. So I, I always like to go on that one just because you get to see kids in a different, you know, kind of in a different uh, setting. And then um, March 12th, we were supposed to uh, take our theater kids to New York City. Um, oh. So they were going to participate in a couple of like master classes and we were going to go see three shows and, and things like that. And I always love going on that trip, too. Um, but that one got, that one got canceled. We were, we didn't have an opportunity to go on that one. So, um, but it's just, it's, it's being able to see kids in, in a, in a different sense. Yep. Um, but, uh, but then also, I mean, it's like, you know, for, for, for educators at home, just try to find different things that you can do to occupy your time. Um, you know, see if there are ways that you can connect with your kids, even if it's not like live, you know, um, I know we haven't gotten the we haven't gotten the go ahead yet to hold like, uh, you know, Google Hangout meetings with our kids. Um, they're still kind of figuring out how exactly they're going to they're going to do that um, and really try the right because right now the, the, the focus is on how can we make access to, to the curriculum and access to education equitable? Yeah, because you really have to think about kids who maybe don't have access um, or, you know, think about kids who uh, who who need special education services that we necessarily can't provide according to what their IEP says. You know what I mean? So it's yep. like, it's, it's, it's all of those things that we got to figure out. So it's, it's being able to work around that while also uh, maintaining that, that contact that we all thrive, thrive on. Um, and I would actually say, you know, virtual, virtual uh, staff meetings um, that don't necessarily have anything to do whatsoever with, with school content. Yep. Um, those are actually nice. I, I, I was invited last night into uh, the, uh, the uh, social science department 
um, just hang out. Um, and that was really cool, you know, so um, I, I kind of pride myself on, on, like I said before, trying to get to know everybody in the building. Sure. So that uh, so that it's not just me hanging out with my science folks who are phenomenal and awesome people. Yep. Um, but I like I like the diversity of experiences and, 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 and connections. No doubt, man. And you mentioned going to a baseball game earlier. And I know that you're a baseball guy. And so spring sports, spring athletes um, who are now basically without a season. What do you say mm-hmm. to those kids? But see, we're we're fortunately in a in a nice situation to where we are we don't have a senior class. Okay. Um, so those kids are going to have an opportunity to 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 rock it on the field next year, um, which isn't really much of a consolation. Um, it's just one of those things where I just try to you, you just have, almost have to be just present for them yep. and just say, okay, tell me tell me what you're thinking, tell me what you're feeling. Um, I probably can't make it better for you. But at least I can I can listen and I can sympathize. Um, it's almost like you know think about. I, I feel really really bad for some of those seniors because um, think about the the last time that you put on a uniform. Yeah. You know, and then realizing once that final game was done, you know, like your very last game at MTSU, all right, and you took off that uniform shirt for the last time, and you're like, oh my gosh, this is done. Yep. You know, that's the way I felt when I was at Mary Washington. You know, the very last game we we wound up we lost, we had an opportunity to possibly make the NCAA regional tournament, and all we needed to do was win our last game, and we didn't win our last game. Yeah, you know? and then it was just like boom, that's that's it. <laughs> you know, um, so uh, it, it I would just say focus on and and I'm sure you've heard coaches in, in your baseball experience say this: focus on the things that you can control. Yeah. Um, unfortunately we have virtually no control over this situation at all. Um, focus on the things that you do have, not necessarily the things that you lost. Um, and you know, like I, like I said in, in my video from this week that I actually wound up, you know, almost kind of stealing from Mike (laughs) was think about how the, what kind of positive impact you can have or what kind of positive things you can do with your time rather than focusing on what you lost. Um, the loss hurts. Yeah. Um, but what is it that you can gain out of this experience? What is it that you can, um, contribute to, to, to kind of make your world or your community a a, a better one? Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's tough right at the, at the beginning because, you know, we all, we all go through that, that, that hurt or that pain of not having something anymore or what we've lost. But then it's it's okay after that time has passed where the hurt isn't as bad anymore. How can we actually use that hurt or use this situation that we're in to to kind of make things better? I love that man. That's a that's a great great answer. You talked earlier about riding your bike, and that's kind of your getaway. And I know that you're very active. I think you actually teach spin class. I used to, yeah, yeah. I haven't I, I haven't taught in about a year. Okay. Um, I, I stepped away from it just because opening up a brand new school um, and yep. leading a department um, was was going to require a lot of, of time um, and effort. So um, it was one of those things that I kind of stepped away from. But yeah, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Go ahead. No, no, that's totally cool. I was just going to ask you about spin um, because I always see your pictures that you would post. But and I obviously I get like it, it involves cycling. But mm-hmm. t- talk more about that and what it exactly goes into a spin class. Um, well, when I was teaching spin, um, that basically it's, it's all about the music, man. It, it's absolutely all about the music because really, when you think about it, you're sitting on a bike that goes nowhere. 
All right. <laughs> so it, it's, it's being able to, to uh, inspire people with music. And, and I'll tell you what, if you were to look at my, at my, you know, iTunes library, you want to talk about eclectic tastes. I mean, there's just so many different things that I listen to. Yeah. Um, and then so many different things that I would actually put into to building a spin class. And, and the way that I would teach spin is, is I was very much, uh, you know, about using the music and the rhythm of the music to drive what we're doing in class. So being, of course, being a teacher, I would actually create these like detailed lesson plans and I would listen to the music and I would write down, okay, from the 140 mark to the 215 mark that's when you know the chorus drops and that's when we're going to do like a high intensity interval yeah um, i would do you know like heavy climbs i would focus on generating um you know power and wattage and try to build kind of do a, almost like a curriculum over certain classes like i would teach a 5 30 in the morning class on thursday mornings yeah and what what we would do is we would focus on building power and then working on heart rate zones um, so I would do some like endurance classes. I'll tell you what, sometimes I would just get, get people on the bike and we'd be biking for 45 to 50 minutes and just continuous engagement. And people would walk out of there like sweating more than they've ever sweat before because you're just totally and completely engaged for an entire 45 to 50 minutes. You yeah. Know, it's, 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 and then there are some classes where I would like turn up the effort really, 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 really high and then bring it back down. You know, we're like actively engaging, getting the heart rate way up and then bring it down and then do it again and back and forth and back and forth. But, um, but the way that I would build it, man, it's all about, it's all about the music, you know, and I would do a lot of uh, different theme rides. I would do like, um, you know, one of my favorite theme rides to do would be like my eighties rock rides where I would incorporate a lot of hair bands in there. Yes. And, um, you know, for that one, I don't even, I don't even need a, uh, I don't even need like a lesson plan for that. I know those, I know those songs backwards and forwards, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> but, uh, but no, it's, 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 it's great. It's, it's, it's a, it's a great form of low impact exercise um, that if you, if you have great music behind it and, you know, an instructor who's, who's really engaged and, and, and that's another, another place that you, that I tried to build community. You yeah. know, it's like, I would have, I would have riders who would, who would be in my class, um, you know, every Monday night they'd be there or every Thursday morning they'd be there. So you start to get to know people, um, and you start to, again, foster relationships with people. Um, so, uh, so it's just another, another way for me to, to fill my bucket of needing, uh, needing human interaction and, and building yep. relationships. <laughs> for sure. For sure. And knowing you the way that I do and listeners by now at this point can tell just through your voice, the tone of your voice how positive you are and how upbeat you are and the level of that high energy that you have. How much do you contribute that to your exercise routine, whether it was when you were doing the spin classes and now you're, you're riding and exercising on your own? How much does exercise impact your personal mentality and your approach to what you do every day? Well, one of the things I, I will tell you, and I, I appreciate you saying, you know, hey, I'm really super, super positive. But one of the things that I always share about with with my kids, um, and it's one of those one of those kind of ways of, uh, of, of being a human being is um, I am absolutely my own worst self-critic. Um, you know, throughout my life, I've always, I've always struggled a little bit with like, you know, negative self-talk um, to the point where I've actually recognized it and I've taken steps to, to, to make myself feel better with regard to exercising and just being engaged and, and, and having those, those relationships and interactions to the point where I'm actually able to kind of recognize in other people when, you know, I can tell that they're kind of getting down on themselves, yeah. you know, so being able to have that kind of outlet and routine 
to where, you know, I step off the bike and even though it may, it may be like a really, really hard class that I take in, or, you know, I've really pushed myself. Um, it makes me feel better uh, about me for having done that. Um, so therefore it kind of adds to that whole positivity thing for me. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things, like I talked about before, it's one of those things that I can control. Yeah. I can control getting on the bike. I can control, um, you know, doing things to, to, to feel good about me. I can control how I'm going to respond to a situation, um, or I can control how I'm going to go about approaching my day. Um, so th those are the things that I really, really focus on. And the more that I'm doing to make myself just physically feel better, um, then the better I'm better I am emotionally and, and mentally, you know, sure. so it's, it's me actually doing physical things to actually, you know, kind of address that social emotional learning aspect of myself. You know, as a 46 year old guy, I'm still focusing on my own social emotional learning. hundred <laughs> percent. Oh yeah, you have to, I think, I don't know that that ever ends, you know? Um, yeah. I, I think that that's so important. And so last thing I want to talk to you about is we're in this crazy stretch right now. And you've talked a couple of times about controlling what you can control. And a lot of this situation is out of our control. Mm -hmm. It's a great opportunity for us, I think, as educators and as a society to really reflect on how we do school and how we do education. What do you see changing when we get back to, you know, quote unquote, normal and we all get to go back to school again? That's a great question. You know, I've been thinking about that a little bit. Um, you know, I feel like. I feel like this time where all of us are sequestered in our own homes. I want to say, I don't know about the, 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 the process of education will change. There'll be some things that maybe we'll do a little bit more of. Yeah. Maybe we'll have a little bit more, um, you know, instructional technology tools that we'll be a little bit more familiar with. I honestly feel like the major change that's going to take place is there's going to be a greater focus for each and every educator on making sure that relationships are fostered early and their continued the, the the continued feeding of that relationship because you know I never really thought uh, how much I would miss my kids yeah um, than not being able to be around them you know um, I feel like and I, and and I, and I don't say that because I know that that every single educator out there, you know, is like, hey, these are my kids. I love these kids, you know, but I really feel like it's going to be more at the forefront of our minds to to be able to make that personal connection and really be more about, you know, caring about kids. I go back to what my principal says, you know, kids don't care about what you know until they know that you care. Yep. And I really feel like all of us, when we finally get back into our school settings, are going to have that more at the forefront of our minds to say, I need to make sure that I am, you know, making myself available um, as a person and being able to be that listener and be that, be that person in a kid's life who, you know, they know how much I care about them. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's, it's, Life is short and things can happen like we see right now. Things can happen in, a, in an instant. Um, and, you know, and, and unfortunately, throughout my education career, you know, there have been some kids that, that I've lost. You know, there have been some kids who, you know, who, who have passed away or, or um, you know, and, and you look back on a long career and it's like, man, 
Um, I'm, I'm glad that I was able to be somebody for that kid in his or her life. Um, and I just want to make sure that I'm continuing to do that. Yeah. Uh, because it, it's so, it's so, so important. It's so, so important, especially when, especially when, uh, uh, situations arise that you absolutely have no control over and you can be, even though you, you may not be a rock in your own life, <laughs> you know, yep. you may be dealing with something, you can be a rock for somebody else. Um, and, and hopefully those kids will actually reach out to you. Um, and, and you can kind of be there their 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 lifeboat in that in that riptide we were talking about before yep that's 100 percent spot on man well josh i just want to say thank you for taking the time to join us here today i know like with everything that's going on you got a million things going on in your life and just thank you for your leadership thank you for your friendship and thank you that for all that you do for the world of education man dude man i appreciate you thank you so much for having me it's great to hear your voice and uh and, and catch up with you for a little while. Make sure uh, when you when you travel again and you kind of get back in the Northern Virginia area, let me know when you're here. I'd love to catch up. You got it, man. Guys, you've been listening to the Green Room Podcast Series. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoy the podcast, if you do me a huge favor, if you would rate it, subscribe to it, and then share it with a fellow educator that you think might enjoy it as well. Chase your dreams, kids. Mm-hmm.